Welcome, friends. On behalf of the Presbyterio San Fernando, I am delighted to have you as part of our regular conversations. Our Presbytery is a community of churches and ministries that is seeking to be part of Christ's mission with faithfulness, joy, humility, and courage in the northwest part of the Los Angeles area and beyond. I hope that you enjoy this dialogue. Please feel free to learn more about us by visiting our website at sfresby.org. Thank you so much for listening. Well, hello, everybody. Uh, this is Casey Way. Um, I am one of the minister members in the Presbytery of San Fernando. I'm one of the evangelist pastors um, here in our Presbytery. And I have two guests with me as they... Um, turn on their video um, and they jump on. I have uh, first uh, the Reverend Jennifer, uh, Pastor Jen, uh, with us. And we also have, Kyle, pronounce your last name so we can make sure that we're all doing it right. Kyle Scats. Skates. Skates. Yep. Got it. I mean, I think I've heard skates. I've heard scats. I like, I'll, I'll go with skates because it reminds me of skateboarding. So, so but I have Kyle and Jen with me. And again, friends, as you're jumping on, um, I see we have a few visitors with us today. Uh, make sure that you first uh, let us know uh, your role in the presbytery. Also, um, if you're a minister member at a particular church, let us know um, where that church is at. Or if you're just attending, you're one of our awesome members at one of our churches in our presbytery, let us know what church you are from. And as we're still waiting for a couple of minutes for people to jump on, if you're outside of the San Fernando Presbytery and you are joining us today, we welcome you. Just type in uh, the chat there and let us know where you're from as well. So um, we're glad uh, to be able to do this. We wanna give thanks uh, to, first to our leadership, the strategic direction that we have in place that so many have been part of. Um, and again, it's been a project, a process that we've been all doing together as a Presbytery for going over three years, I'm probably um, messing that up just a tad, but it feels like at least three years that our Presbytery had adopted the strategic direction. And in that direction, one of the pillars that we have centers around leadership development and what that looks like in our Presbytery. So hello, Barbara, good to see you there. I'm glad you're on. Um, this work that we've been doing with the strategic direction, um, I know we're excited um, I know under our new executive presbyter, uh, Pastor Juan Sarmiento, uh, we're grateful for the work that he continues. We've had other, others who've begun that work with uh, Reverend Randy Lovejoy. Um, and we have Rob Douglas on the task force, uh, myself. We have Darren Pollock, um, Mike Harbert. Hello, Mike, good to see you on this morning, um, this afternoon. Mike is our associate for congregational care and discernment as well, so Mike, Thank you for being part of this. I think I've hit, and recently we, we just added Pastor Arlo from our Sunland Church, who's also going to be part of the strategic direction team. And if I missed anyone, please let me know. Um, I'll buy them coffee later on after we're done. So we're, we're, it's good to be together um, with you all. And Kyle and Jen, thank you so much for being part of this. Um, we, a year ago, and if my, I couldn't, 
you know, technology and Zoom and the pandemic, for some reason, my volume didn't work on a video I wanted to share. If you go to the PCUSA.org website, um, friends who might even listen to this later, uh, that if you go to the website and go, just look for the uh, stated clerk, uh, Reverend Nelson, uh, there's a video presentation that he does for eight minutes, uh, naming some of the names of those who've lost their lives because of gun violence, uh, because of um, things that have happened in law enforcement. Last year, it's, I think it was June, May or June, um, many of you, I remember me getting up and just reading just a, a prayer that I wrote. And the invitation that I gave to some of you was to consider being part of a table, a conversation where we were gonna discuss issues of racism. And in particular, one of the reasons we, I stood up um, with the encouragement of a few of our members in our presbytery. Um, I recall Vicki Edwards, who sits on our committee, and who sat at the time on our committee for preparation for ministry, uh, texting me saying, we need to do something. Um, we need, and it starts with CPM. And we both kind of ran with that enthusiasm and decided that, okay, let's see where the scope goes. So when I got up and read the prayer for you, for you all as a presbytery, and I asked for you to consider volunteering, being part of this task force. And so we've met, um, June will be almost a year that we have met and we've done some really beautiful work. Um, thanks to Committee on Preparation for Ministry, thanks to the support we've received from Evangelism and Church Growth, our ECG committee, and thanking uh, uh, Wendy and Ellen, who are part of our church communications and support committee as well. We are figuring out a way to share in this work of getting the local church to talk about uh, race and diversity, but specifically in regards to advancing leaders of color. What's that mean to be a church, especially moving forward as leaders um, in regards to being multi-ethnic communities, having multi-ethnic leaders in spaces that maybe have, they've never been part of before. Um, and as we, as we talk and as we get ready to have a conversation here with um, Jen and Kyle, even recognizing the, um, the reality that we know many of our sisters and brothers in the Asian American community, we wanna be praying for what's happening. Um, we wanna be praying that the local church, the larger church will continue to set up tables of a dialogue and conversation and prayer to talk about the difficulties that many of our churches have right now when it comes to discussing issues around racism. Um, even last night, um, I, I made sure I got this name right, Dante West. If you want to be praying for the family of Dante West, um, again, in Minneapolis, um, where um, another, another Black African-American was shot and killed. And so we want to be praying for this dialogue. We want to remember that Christ is with us. And we want to remember at the end of the day, when we finish up this call, that Jesus is still the center of this table that Christ was crucified and that we're still celebrating Easter. In the chat bar, friends, type in Christ is risen, Christ is risen indeed, because this is what keeps this table together. And this is what keeps us from getting up, getting up and going away. You know, we don't wanna get up from the table angry or frustrated. We wanna stay at the table and it's Christ who keeps us at this table, even maybe if we're on different sides of conversations and issues that might be hard to talk about. So with that in mind, that's the introduction, friends. Um, again, so thank you for taking the time on your lunch hour to jump on. Um, Kyle and Jen, I'm so glad. Uh, Jen, why don't you, I'm, I'm, I can easily introduce you. Um, why don't you first 
tell us who you are. Um, tell us where you are at um, in our Presbyterian regards to pastoral leadership. Thank you, Casey. Um, yeah, my name is Jennifer Witten. I am at Lightshine Church. It is a church plant of Westminster Presbyterian Church. And we are, I said we're in Westlake Village actually, but we are not, we are homeless right now because we were at the YMCA and they rearranged their gym equipment. So we are online, uh, but here in the Conejo Valley is where we are. And I'm the congregational care pastor there. So working awesome. part-time and um, great the, part um, of the task force. Yes, <laughs> yes. you are part of you and, and you are very much a welcome voice to this table, Pastor Jen. Uh, Kyle, why don't you introduce yourself? And again, I love I love how God works in bringing people to the table and especially how you and I connected. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself and mention how maybe you got connected to the task force? Sure, absolutely. So uh, my name is Kyle Skates and I'm a licensed clinical social worker. Um, so I'm not uh, a part of any uh, Presbyterian church. I'm more of a, a friend of the Presbyterian. Maybe one day. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Working on that. Um, but I, I consider myself a, a friend of the of the Presbytery. Um, and it's so glad to be here um, with all of you. I, I see some very familiar names. Um, so good to see you guys. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I kind of got my start uh, really working on the task force. Um, I have a, a friend of mine that Casey mentioned, uh, Vicki Edwards, who uh, sort of brought this to my attention and, and thought that it might be a good idea to have him be a part of this task force. And uh, I, I willingly agreed. Um, and it, it's been a, a really good and, and cool journey uh, so far to be a part of uh, just sort of leading and guiding uh, the Advancing Leaders of Color Task Force. So, Well, let's just jump in. Um, I think uh, Jen, I want to ask you this question in preparation for today. Uh, what was it that um, attracted you, uh, maybe moved your heart, uh, that sense of call to maybe consider being part of um, something like this um, in the work that we've done pretty much for almost this whole year? Yeah, well, I, um, I would say God laid the seeds a while back. Um, I'm just going to give a shout out to my friend Vera Rhymes here, who I know is on the call. She and I um, were on a journey together at Moore Park Presbyterian Church when I was there. And we did, um, we led a couple book studies, um, one on waking up white. And I think the other one was white awake. And um, anyways, just that was part of my journey of just growing deeper with other Christians um, and, and starting to wake up more. And um, anyways, and then with everything, with the racial reckoning in our country, I can't remember where and what time it was when you gave that announcement, Casey, but I just really been feeling God leading me to just jump in wherever I could um, to engage in the movement for racial justice, uh, the dismantling of white supremacy in all sorts of ways. I, I was just feeling like God was leading me to, um, to jump in. So when you made that announcement, I just probably responded to your invitation before the Presbytery, even the meeting even ended because I knew that was something I wanted to be a part of. I just really feel like as a um, church person, um, that the church, uh, the people of God, the people who, who, who seek to have Christ be at the center of 
you know, their individual lives, but together that we should be leading the way. <laughs> and I, I lament that it seems like often the church is a little bit, um, not, not, not quite there yet. So anyways, I just wanted to be a part of um, helping move the ball forward. So that was kind of Awesome. How about you, Kyle? Yeah, so uh, as a social worker, uh, most of my training has been in uh, oppressive systems. I've, I've worked in the child welfare system. Um, I've currently worked in the correctional system, uh, you know, systems that largely affect people of color. And it, again, like just being a social worker in school, they, we are, we're trained to sort of, uh, you know, help people who are marginalized in society. Um, so we, that's sort of just kind of my background and where I come from. And then also I've been in the church pretty much my whole life, the larger church, um, pretty much my whole life grew up in the Catholic church, um, and been a Christian. Um, so when being a part of this task force was presented to me, um, I, I thought it was just a, a really good, uh, marrying of both sort of my, my training as a social worker and my heart for being a Christian, I'm bringing these two, those two, uh, ideas together. Um, and just figuring out like how we can sort of help diversify uh, the leadership in the Presbyterian Church. So being a consultant uh, for that for that task force has uh, really been a passion of mine over the past couple of months. That's great. I mean, I think I think even some of my own story that I've shared with you on both, and many of you who are online, that sense of we know something needs to. Uh, change. We know that something needs to um, happen. And I think that sense of call to want to be part of something like this, if anything, for me, um, again, my own story of trying to figure out what my identity is in regards to my own ethnicity, um, dealing with that as a leader, as a pastor. Um, hey, Kyle, I want to ask you in regards to, and Jen, this is for you too, in regards to where you have seen God work this past year, and and maybe there's a specific uh, moment that you sense that. Um, we've been dealing with a theme of confession, which we're gonna talk about in a few minutes, but maybe where, where you sense God's movement that maybe either of you would be willing to share. Uh, sure, I, I'll share first. Um, I think just the, the process that we've been through as task force over the past couple of months has just really been led by the spirit um, just our coming together monthly, um, us having our, our conversations and also participating in meetings and conversations outside of the task force and then coming back together to share what we've learned and then ultimately leading to the decision that we need to confess, right? Like we need to sort of open, openly uh, acknowledge and recognize that you know, we as a church have maybe not put our best foot forward in terms of diversifying leadership or even addressing uh, systemic racism as it affects the church and even the local communities that we serve. So I think sort of coming to the, the construction of the confession letter, I think was where God was really working um, and just, just seeing the whole process unfold and how um, it, it was just a really beautiful, beautiful thing to see everybody come together for that. Yeah, I, I want to say ditto to what Kyle just said. I um I have these memories of our first you know few meetings together, and we were all kind of like, okay, okay, Lord, we're trusting you, but we don't know where we're going. Right. <laughs> and there was a lot. It felt a lot of like we're walking in the dark or walking through um, some thick fog, and we really you know we 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 are very 
clear in terms of our sense of like the Lord is going to lead us, uh, but what and where uh, we're not really sure. And then um, I, I don't know whose idea it was, but when the idea was presented that we're going to, we're going to really pour ourselves into a confession I mean, for me, and I think for most of us on, as a part of the um, task force, we just felt like, oh, yes, yes, especially for, um, in our tradition, that's at the center of, of who we are and what we believe about God, that we confess our sin, we confess our need for God, we confess all the ways that we've fallen short. Um, it just really, really felt um, like the gift of God that, that, that was presented to us. And, um, I don't know. So that was like a Holy spirit moment. I feel mm -hmm. like a turning point for us mm -hmm. as a task force. So it's been, it's been yeah. an adventure together. We're still it on is, it. <laughs> it is an adventure. And I think of anything for those of us, maybe who, you know, I serve as a parish associate for Burbank Presbyterian church. I know that um, things that have happened during the pandemic and prior to the pandemic, you know, how, how do we have conversations that sometimes are difficult, you know, and Ross, uh, Pastor Ross and myself have talked about that and others in our church. I know we have members from different churches on this call. Um, I see Doug Nason, who's also a member of our task force and our current moderator of the Presbyterian of San Fernando, um, where I think the willingness and desire, um, the boldness that, does, that wanting of taking a risk, um, you know, putting our voice out there. And even to this point, I, again, I still celebrate the fact that we've had these, that we've really gotten some focus around what it means. What are we going to do as the larger church to confess our sin? And Kyle, I appreciate you sharing that, that, that how do we do that together as we move forward? I, I want to hit the confession some, it hits the wrong word, but you, you guys get it. Uh, the, I wanna just dialogue about that for a few minutes so that we have some time for questions. Kyle, would you maybe, again, by the way, I just wanna put a little disclaimer on that, on what we're gonna talk about. Um, at the April Presbytery meeting, you, um, our Presbytery members should be receiving a copy, a draft copy of this confession that we've been working on. So um, we're not gonna show it today, but we just wanna talk about it in preparation for what's gonna be happening over the next few weeks. So Kyle, maybe take a minute just to describe some of that work. And I wanna give a shout out to, to Pastor Rosie. Uh, Rosie, who's also one of our members of the task force, um, very much brought a, a special voice to the fact that we really, really, before we can do anything else as leaders, before we can do anything else as churches, that this idea, excuse me, this idea of confession, uh, talking about it, going back to the word, going back to the scriptures, talking about what this, what, what it means to do together as the larger church. So Kyle, maybe would you take a few minutes just to talk about what some of that work looks like what maybe give them a visual, a virtual picture, if you will, of that confession. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I, and I was going to mention what you said that I think that all of our hearts were in the right place. Like we knew that there was something that needed to be done and that uh, advancing leaders of color was something we all wanted to do. Um, but we couldn't just jump to, you know, doing something, jump into action mode, right? That the first step in, in Rosie, um, played a big part in this, but the first step was was being able to confess that we hadn't done this before, right? That it took up until this moment, until some things have happened in the world uh, for us to get to this point. We recognize that, we confess that, 
And then we made a commitment towards moving forward, particularly in, in regards to the purpose of our task force, which was advancing, or at first it was raising leaders of color. And now we moved to advancing leaders of color because we thought that was more appropriate. Um, so I, I think that there was beauty in that process of, of really coming together every month of, of wrestling with what are we doing? Uh, what direction are we moving in? What was our first step was going to be? And then once we got to the like, you know, we decided we were going to do a confession. We were like, that's it, right? This is this is the direction that we were going to move in. Um, so to for us to, uh, we, we laid the outline for it. We had, uh, we, we made a first draft and for everyone to really uh, put in their, put in their input about what they thought should be going where. And it, it just, when it all came together, we had this really beautiful document of just the three points, again, the recognition and acknowledgement of our wrongdoing, the confession of that, and then the commitment of how, of how we're going to move forward to um, diversifying the leadership and, uh, and even like taking a look at the ordination process. So, and that's exactly where we are today. We have our letter. We're getting ready to present it here in a few months to the presbytery. So um, I just, I really just appreciate the process of where we are and I'm looking forward to where we're going with that. Kyle, you know, and I know this wasn't one of the questions that I, um, we added to our list of preparation here, but coming from a person who is not part of the, I want to say our tradition, but quote unquote Presbyterianism, you know, what have you sensed um, maybe something divine, something that maybe surprised you about coming into this space? Because I know for me, I consider you family now, you know, whether or not Presbyterian, whether or not pastor, that you're part of, you're part of this, the bigger family here. But what, what is it that maybe surprised you or that you felt like, okay, this is, there's something here. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't say that it was so much of a surprise um, as it was probably more just good to see us having these conversations that people were willing to listen, to reflect, to digest really what, what we have been discussing, um, to hearing perspectives from, from my perspective as, as a Black man and person of color and from other people of color that, we, that we've discussed. Um, and for everyone to, everyone to have just an open heart and um, just commitment to the purpose of our task force. Um, it, that was just really, really encouraging. Um, and to have everyone's participation again in our confession letter um, and to be supportive of the direction that we're moving in, um, that just, that's, that's the work that, that goes into this, right? Um, again, to seeing people's uh, commitment and passion for what we are, um, what our goal and, and our mission is. So that, that just felt good to me. Mm -hmm. What are some other parts of the, in regards to maybe some of our minister members who are, who are listening right now, but also in regards to others who might listen to this later, what are some, why is this so important? And I know, Jen, one of the questions we talked about was, you know, what's this mean? What's this mean for our local church? What's that mean for us as um, leaders to carry this message. And I know we had a few questions. So if it comes up, I think the direct question to you that I'd love for you maybe just to share is what's this mean now in moving forward as we continue um, in regards to the local church? Why is confession so important, well, you know, for what we're doing as, as, as people of God? Yeah, I mean, I, um, 
feel like we can't move forward without beginning in a place of confession as Christians. That's, that is the, where it, where it comes together for us. If we don't have a sense of need for God's forgiveness, for, uh, for help, <laughs> um, and not just individually, but, but, but to, in our life together, um, I always, you know, want to take the word sin. It's so much more than just our personal bad choices or whatever. Um, but it also has to do with, um, you know, sin is, is like the air we breathe right in this fallen world. And we need the Lord's, um, forgiveness, but we also need, we need his, his guidance on our way forward in terms of dismantling some of the, the, the structural sins that are, that are so much a part of, um, our churches, our local churches, the way we think about church, the way we sometimes even just read the Bible, like it's, it's deep in us. So we need, um, we need the Lord's, we need to acknowledge that it's, that it's, that it is what it is, that we do live in a fallen world and we are a part of a, you know, um, a broken church and a broken world. And we need the Lord's help to, to guide us forward. So for me, the confession is, is the beginning point, And it's also the guide for how we go we seek the Lord's guidance on going forward. I don't know if that answered your question. No, that, that does. I think that in, in the wording, I think we, we put together is, you know, what's the benefit? How would it help us as a Presbyterian move forward as a group of churches um, and wanting to be viable in Christ when it comes to advancing leaders? And I think you hit that. I mean, I think, I think um, the fact, and again, it's at least for myself, the, the heart that we bring into it, the, the willingness to put it all out there. I, I heard somebody once say that, you know, in regards to the local church, and I'm I think I probably borrowed this and lifted this from another pastor in a sermon, but, you know, when, it, when a self-help group is more honest and transparent and, and real and unafraid to share those difficult things, um, and when the local church doesn't have that same transparency when they find it hard that, you know, we want to be what we're doing here, we hope and pray is going to benefit the local church. It's going to help build the local church up to where moving forward, even knowing that our executive presbyter, Juan, uh, Mike, others that have talked about what's it look like for the future to continue to do church. We know, we know it needs to change and we know, we know things need to change. Um, I think now as we get to that um, in a few minutes, I want to ask friends, and maybe I'll do it right now. If you have a question, a particular question, friends, that you want to ask us specifically in regards to um, this work, um, if you want to just make a comment, um, feel free to do so. I'll try to, I'm usually the one helping Juan or whoever else. So today I'm managing both tech and hosting. So, but I'll do my best to catch that question. Um, and maybe have one of us answer it. And if for some reason you have a question later on, feel free to email myself at kway, W-A-H-E, at burbankpress.org. So type in those questions if you have some questions. Um, I think in regards to the confession, maybe, maybe either of you, feel free to jump in. Um, what, how I envision some of the work, Kyle, you and I have spent some um, time together one-on-one -on -one going through that confession. As a minister in, in, in the context I'm serving, what would be, I know we've talked about liturgy, how would we bring this confession into our liturgy, into the way we worship? Um, I think if anything, where do you see some of the, how this might help 
in regards talking about confession, how we apply it to what we do in everyday worship. Either of you. <laughs> just, just, well, I'll jump in. I, I mean, I, um, the, the confession um, has a lot of different parts to it. And, um, you know, the hope is that some churches, uh, maybe all our churches, would want to embrace some of that as part of their corporate worship, part of their truth telling as a local congregation, um, part of helping our local churches uh, move forward. I also want to just add, um, add that one of the strengths, I think, of our Presbyterian way, our polity, is our connectionalism. Um, and so part of the confession pulls in the Matthew 25, um, some of the, um, right. I don't know how to say it, but the Matthew 29, 25 initiative um, and the Belhar confession and then the strategic direction of our Presbyterian. So really trying to incorporate um, other wisdom that that has already been um, produced for us, but I think we're stronger because of our connectional system. Yeah. I think we all do, um, but that's part of the confession as well. Which right. And Kyle, we did. We actually it was suggested. Juan suggested that we pull um, tidbits and in, in, uh, uh, info, not info, but um, components, as Jen said, the Belhar and bring it because some of our reformed roots are very much, you know, this is what we need to talk about. This is, we have to have these conversations. Kyle, was there something to add from that? Oh, I mean, just ditto to, to what Jane was saying. I think part of our confession letter actually incorporates, uh, I think a whole liturgy and a that's call right. to worship that that we presented. And I, was, I think that's uh, was something a little more concrete that we were gonna present. That's something that church can incorporate it into some of their liturgy services or Sunday worship services as well. Um, and that was hopefully going to be a part of the adoption process. So, Thank you for bringing that up. Um, we're going to have an opportunity at the June meeting to have for the worship. We still have to dot our I's and cross our T's in regards to planning for that meeting. But our hope is that we, we would be able to take that, the liturgy that has been put into the confession that in regards to what Kyle just mentioned for worship services and for myself and Jen and Kyle and maybe some others on the task force to be able to share in that worship leadership, um, walking together as a presbytery to the point where we can adopt a confession for our regional body. Um, let me check just to see if there are any questions so far. I'm not seeing any. Um, in the q and I'm going to go right here. Hey, Leland Long, he gives a, a shout out. He is risen indeed. Leland, you're right. Christ is risen. And then we have Mike, Pastor Mike. Uh, knowing there is a great diversity around how our people and churches are responding to issues of racial justice, from being very passionate about pursuing racial justice, related to movements like Black Lives Matter, to seeing engaging, to seeing engaging as potentially divisive and therefore to be avoided, how do you think we as a Presbytery should move into this in ways that can be helpful amidst our diversity? Mike, that's a great question. And I'll just either, Pastor Jen or Kyle, feel free to give that a shot. Again, the question is, how do you think we as a Presbytery Presbytery should move into this way in ways that can be helpful amidst our diversity. Yeah, um, I think Mike, you hit the the nail right on the head that you know some of these issues can be both uh, 
engaging and potentially divisive at the same time. Um, yeah, I think there are a couple of ways to, to address it. And I think we've also sort of addressed some of these issues within our own task force, um, but sort of understanding uh, like taking Black Lives Matter, for example, um, I know there's a lot of division with the organization and some of the things that they're about and the things that they've done. And then uh, versus like what the concept is actually saying, right? So Black Lives Matter, um, what does that really mean? Maybe clarifying a definition or how the church can uh, not necessarily again help the movement, but uh, incorporate just that doctrine into uh, their missions or some of the things that they're doing in the community. Um, so uh, I was going to say, for example, oh, the PCUSA website um, actually kind of breaks it down um, on their social justice page about how they don't necessarily affiliate with the organization, but they do believe in the concept of Black Lives Matter and how they uh, do want to incorporate that into some of the things uh, that the church is doing. So using that maybe, maybe even as a foundation or a platform to present that to um, congregations and saying like, hey, like our church at large, um, you know, really wants to figure out how we can uh, address this this issue within our society today, um, and then also, you know, doing things like incorporating the concept of the uh, the anti racism work, right? Um, that incorporates really uh, taking a look within ourselves, within the church, and, and ad adopting some anti racist uh, policies or uh, things that they can do to help other uh, varying ethnicities and cultures within the communities that they serve. So uh, that could be a couple of ways that that, that issue could be addressed. Mm -hmm. Jen, do you have any follow-up for that for Mike? That was really great, Kyle. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, I, you know, my, what, what I first, uh, what first comes to mind is kind of my own um, regret um, that I haven't always spoken up because I've been afraid to, you know, um, say things that might be, you know, I don't know where the other person is coming from. Um, but I, I'm just becoming more um, courageous because I'm becoming more clear that this is about life and death. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, people are dying, people are being killed, you know, just last night. Um, and so I feel like um, the burden is a little bit on me, on us people, white people, to um, to 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 take the risk, um, especially in our churches where we tend to um, draw people who, for the most part, don't want to rock the boat too much. Um, I mean, by and large, uh, but to to engage in these conversations for the sake of loving the other, um, you know, and in, in, in making the tent wider for 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 all of God's people. Um, so I don't know, for me, I'm just feeling like, yeah, this is really hard, but we, we have to, we have to, we have to go forward and we have to prayerfully discern, as you say, Mike, you know, it's hard how to figure out how to talk um, about this, but I just, um, I don't want to anymore give into the temptation to, to not talk about it because it's, it's too important. That's it. No, Jen, that was great. And again, I think, I think as we were getting ready for the call, I mean, I'll confess something to you all and on this call that, that I've, I come out of a, a tradition where 
um, you don't want to rock the boat, you know, growing up in a particular church that we didn't really hear these issues talked about. We didn't um, hear invitations from the pulpit uh, to talk about the hard things. Um, and whether one is conservative theologically or politically, or one is more progressive theologically or politically, there wasn't a space for us to be able to even just come to the table. And I think, you know, I think this is what I love. And you mentioned the connectional word, Jen, that the fact that we are a connectional church, that we are a church that is adapting and changing and that we're looking to outside voices um, to come to this table to make it larger and more diverse and inclusive in regards to that. And if anything, giving, you know, that person who says, I don't want to rock the boat, giving them permission just to be honest, to be real, to know that if they say they are part more maybe on one side or the other, to know that the table that we're setting as a presbytery is they're going to walk away and know that they're loved, that they're going to walk away and know that the gospel was proclaimed, that when we break bread together at the communion table, that um, I was able to say where I stand freely. They didn't judge me, again, no matter what side of that table is. Um, and if anything, being bold, being courageous, you said courageous, Jen, for us as, as people of God and believers to be courageous. And even in it, and this year has been, I mean, goodness gracious, if we were just to take everything and be vulnerable with this past year, it's been a hard year for everyone. And um, if anything, moving out of the pandemic, uh, moving as we reemerge and we start to regather as churches, you know, what a gift that we can give to our churches to be able to say to them something I did in one of our new worship communities that I've shared about before. We called it Storytellers Night with Outside the Walls. Um, and the idea was what if the minister or the clergy person up front on a particular day, Sunday, or whatever day it is that they gather as churches and faith communities? What if that person who's kind of the lead person, if you will, came up to you and handed you the mic and said, if you had five minutes, what would you say in five minutes? The, 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 the preacher's not going to speak one word. You now have the pulpit. Now, and, and can you, and here are the ground rules. It's got honesty, authenticity related to who God is in your life right now. And maybe the honest version of that story is, I'm not there yet. I don't know where God is at. I'm feeling frustrated, angry, or tired. Or maybe that story is one, you know, that is excitement. But for us to be able in our churches to give people the opportunity to speak honestly and, and to let others know that it's okay for you. If that's where you're at right now in the world, and that's where God has called you to be, just, just be, own it, <laughs> you know, but do it in a way that, that again is edifying to the body. Do it, do it in the way that is encouraging to the larger body. Okay, I'll stop preaching. Okay. <laughs> but I, I think, well, I'm sorry, just to, to piggyback on what Jennifer is saying, like I, these conversations are, are largely uncomfortable for everyone to have, right? Um, so the, the first part of always, of course, is acknowledging that, yes, this conversation, you're having these conversations is very uncomfortable, but it's what's needed, right? Um, that if we... Yeah, it's, it's just what's needed. And I think to sort of also answer, help answer Mike's question and relate to uh, doing what's needed, right? If we sort of remove some of the politicism out of it of like Black Lives Matter or, you know, stop Asian hate, and we look at these people as communities who are hurting, right, because of some violence or some other things that have happened within their communities, 
I wonder if we can respond differently, right? These are things that Jesus has always done. He's gone to people who were hurting, who were marginalized, who, um, you know, are having some type of plight, if you will, societal plight. Um, so if we're doing some of the missionary work that Jesus is doing, we can look at him differently. These are, these are communities that are hurting. Um, how can we go into the Black community and show our support? How can we go into the Asian community and show our support? How can we look within ourselves within our own church and, and see the ways in which maybe we haven't always been this way. And then how can we tackle these issues? Um, some of the, the ways that the, the San Fernando Presbytery has been doing is obviously the task force on advancing leaders of color, but also having the difficult conversations within uh, the can't hide behind the controversy, right? Mm-hmm. And the title in and of itself mm-hmm. is, it's like, we're no longer hiding. We're gonna have these difficult conversations. And we've had and we've had them within those, those monthly meetings. Um, to where you know we talk about racial healing, we talk about uh, it, issues of racism and white privilege, and just things that are, just aren't easy. But we've, we've been having them, um, so that's also a step in the right direction. Um, and hopefully, those you people have gone back and reflected, um, and have, and the churches, even the congregations at large, have been having those conversations as well. Kyle, thank you for that. And again, both of you and Jen, thank you. And you mentioned some of the work that um, our church communications and support committee, CNCS, has done in our presbytery with the can't hide not being can't hide not being controversial series. You could find the most recent conversations that have taken place in regards to that series. Kyle was one of our speakers, and we've had many different speakers who've focused. A, a good friend of ours, Marvin Wadlow, was another speaker. Most recently, Darren interviewing Micah from Calvary Church in, in Nashville, Tennessee, which was a great conversation. If you're thinking, I haven't, I haven't had a chance to listen to these or watch these, um, you can go back to the YouTube channel for the Presbytery. You can see that right there, down at the bottom, uh, forward slash Presby of San Fernando. Some of those um, most recent conversations, Kyle's is up there, uh, Pastor Micah's is up there. If you're someone who loves listening to that, um, those conversations, maybe through platforms like Spotify or iTunes, uh, go into your iTunes podcast app and type uh, uh, Presbytery of San Fernando and that should bring it up, or go into your Spotify app and do the same thing. Some of our meetups, uh, just a a quick commercial too, some of our past meetups of most recent are also up on the YouTube channel and on both Spotify and iTunes. Um, I think this is probably a good movement. I'll go back just one um, slide here. I wanted to draw a picture for what um, you all might be, be expecting or hope to expect, at, a June, at the June Presbytery meeting. There, we're planning um, a conversation, a workshop before the Presbytery meeting in June. Again, we still need to dot our I's and cross our T's like good Presbyterians. Um, when we give out the confession in April, and again, this is a thank you to Juan for allowing us to use this platform just to kind of report and talk about the things that we've talked about thus far. When you receive that confession at the April meeting, uh, we'll present it. Um, But when you receive that, we really want you as leaders in our presbytery, as teaching elders and ruling elders, to take back that confession, the liturgical resources that have been added, and really pray over it, really just write down questions, highlight it, uh, you know, honest questions. Again, we can't promise we'll have all the answers for you all, but we wanna make sure that you are able to come back to this table and um, ask the questions that need to be asked sometimes. Um, Then now what, after the Presbytery adopts 
a confession? You know, that's a good question for all of us to be talking about. You know, the task force, at least in our opinion, would continue um, just because we bring a confession to the Presbyterian, ask the Presbyterian to prayerfully adopt it. This work is going to continue. Already we're talking about, okay, in regards to racism, what are other issues that we really haven't talked about as a Presbytery, where we can begin talking about this in relationship to diversity. Um, how do we proceed with our local congregations, uh, churches, you know, how do we find churches that are interested maybe in receiving coaching when it comes to talking about um, issues of race and leadership and diversity. Um, again, these are ideas that we're currently talking about right now as a task force. How do we help local churches in the work of advancing leaders of color um, in our communities and in our churches um, here in the San Fernando Valley? What's it mean? Do, do we have people in our congregations who maybe haven't joined the church yet for whatever reason? Um, maybe we have some of our, our millennial friends who have said, you know, I, I don't want to be a member, but I love being part of this faith community because I hear good news proclaimed. Um, what's it mean to invite others to consider first be becoming members of our local churches, but also for those maybe who come from a different culture or ethnicity who don't understand what Presbyterianism is, what would it be, what would it look like to really look for those key people in our communities that might be good church planters, might feelings, might be good teaching elders. Uh, you know, we have our commission ruling elder status in our presbytery. Most recently, we've been talking about the immigrant pastor status in our presbytery, which you're going to hear more about over the next few weeks. But again, how do we help our local churches first talk about advancing leaders of color, but also actually do it? You know, are there people in our communities that we can help consider? Do they have a call from God? What would that look like? And specifically, Kyle mentioned this, looking at the call path process for leaders that uh, includes multi-ethnic leadership as it pertains to the local church. Again, deacon, elder, commission ruling elder. I bet many of us as leaders can go back to our churches and think, okay, who in my community is, is from a different culture or background or who is that person who is of a different ethnicity that maybe hasn't had their voice heard yet. Maybe no one's invited them to share um, a, a testimony, a story of what, where God's working at in their lives. Um, these are things that we hope as a task force that we're going to bring to you soon at the April meeting. Again, you're going to hear about the confession. You're going to get a copy of it. Um, and this is this little list here of, of things. We hope and pray um, that everything works out for our June meeting. I'm going to just stop my screen share there for a minute. As we come to a close, um, Jen or Kyle, um, are there any last thoughts, things that you want to just put out there? If something, Jen, why don't you take a minute? I actually, this wasn't on our list of questions. You've done something with Lightshine Church that I would love for people to hear about. Um, and, and if you could take maybe a couple minutes to share that in regards to this issue of racism that we've been talking about. Yeah, I think you're referring to the study that we did, yeah. the Racial Healing Handbook. Yeah, it was actually um, mostly people from Lightshine, but also one person, Vera, joined us from Moore Park and then another person um, joined us from Westminster. So it was three Presbyterian churches coming together. And we did, um, I think her name was Dr. Annalise Oh, drawing a blank on her last name, but um, the Racial Healing Handbook. And it was incredible. Um, so we did it over eight weeks. 
I think it was eight weeks um, last fall. And it really was a deep dive within. <laughs> um, there was a lot of um, like thoughtful questions that were hard to answer. You had to really put your time in. So there was homework um, and, you know, reading beforehand for each time. But for me, um, it really felt significant, important um, in terms of moving forward with racial healing, racial justice and dis the dismantling of systemic racism for us as people of faith, especially to go within with God, looking at our past and looking at, um, you know, who, and one of the things that um, was an aha moment for me was how as a child, the people in my community, the people who were in positions of power um, were mostly white men. Um, and so, and I, of course, I never thought about this as a child, but how that at a young age, um, gives you an assumption about who should be in leadership. Um, so anyways, just little things like that, thinking back to your childhood, um, what messages were present, what, um, you know, maybe that you weren't even aware of and, and a whole host of other things, not just looking at your past, but it was really, um, I would really recommend it to any church that wants to kind of go deeper, help people go deeper within so that we can move forward together. It's the racial healing handbook. And it was really, um, it's really, uh, significant for me. And I think for our, for our group too. Awesome. And Kyle, any last words, maybe you want to give as words of encouragement, for any of our leaders listening, or maybe for those who will listen later on, and in particular in this work that we've begun, we've only just begun. I know you and I have talked about how, um, and really, this is some of the conversations that you've had with other presbyteries locally that maybe are a little more um, ahead, if you will, in regards to some of this work. But would, is there anything you want to just in closing um, talk about or mention about this? Sure. Yeah. I think that each individual congregation and Presbytery is sort of on their own journey. So no matter where we're at, we're not, we're not behind, we're not ahead. It's just, we're all kind of doing our own work. So to, I think just a really good starting place is just being able to have conversations, just talk about um, what are some of the issues when it comes to um, systemic racism uh, within your local community, with the congregations that you serve. Um, having some of those conversations that difficult conversation that Jennifer was mentioning about um, what does your leadership look like, right? Is it reflective of the community that we serve? Um, so you just start off small and it's really just about baby steps where, you know, we don't, I know that there's a lot of things that like maybe corporations are doing that seem really flashy that they kind of put out in the news to kind of make headlines. Um, and that's, those are all fine and dandy, but I think the but baby steps also matter too. So the things that you do down at the local level, starting with conversations, um, are, are steps in the right direction and continue having those conversations on a regular basis, have tasks. I, I'm learning that committees are all about task force, or excuse me, Presbyterians are all about task force and committees. Um, so if, if, even if it's one about just having conversations, I think that would be uh, helpful and go a long way as well. So. That's great. No, thank you, Kyle. And I see D Doug um, did actually in response to Jen, the he put it in the chat bar, the racial healing handbook, practical activities to help you challenge privilege, confront systematic racism, engage in collective healing by Annalise Thing. I believe I pronounced that right, I hope. And then Vera, thank you, Vera, for uh, adding your voice to this talk, this conversation. As a person of color in this study, Jennifer is referencing, it was 
gratifying to see people confessing and owning their white privilege. Um, no, thank you for that sharing that, um, Vera. I, we appreciate that. This is great. Uh, sisters and brothers, um, as we finish up, I, again, we look forward, we're, we're gonna continue persevering. I don't, many of you who might listen to this later, you know who you are um, in regards to sitting on the task force. Uh, we're, we're gonna we'll make sure we have a list of names at that Presbyterian meeting in April so that you kind of have a bigger picture of who's been part of it this past year. But again, we've enjoyed, well, enjoy, I don't know if enjoyed, but enjoyed um, the challenge, if you will, because we know in the scriptures that uh, when we hear the words, consider pure joy, my friends, when you encounter various trials from James, and, you know, and what that means that we celebrate this together as one voice, one church. And I personally, I mean, I think about it, I've been part of our presbytery for a very long time. Um, I sound old all of a sudden, uh, but <laughs> this, is, this is my home presbytery. I feel God is good. God has been doing great things in each in regards to the strategic direction. And I can't wait. As someone who, I'm going to say this in, church, mid, in midlife serving Christ in her church, that I can't wait to see this work actually be put in place and applied as local churches. I would love to look back in 10 years and go, thanks be to God that we started this and, and that we're moving forward and that our churches are, are thriving and viable. I think Pastor Juan put something on the Presbyterian Facebook page, and I'll finish up with this, that you know, multi-ethnic churches really some of those churches are the fastest growing churches right now um, because we're talking, we're inviting people who don't look like us or sound like us or think like us or even smell like us to be part of, of what it means to do church together in the, large, in the kingdom of God and what that looks like. So this is exciting. I can't wait, friends. Thank you for being part of this, Kyle and Jen. Pastor Jen, thank you so much for taking the time to be on this call. Kyle, thank you so much our friend. Um, why don't I, I would love to say a prayer. Um, actually, you know, Jen, can I invite you just to maybe close us in prayer? But you, you always, you have beautiful prayers. So I'm yeah, happy to, but since you gave me the mic, so to speak, I'm going to just say, I want to say thank you to you, Casey, for yes. listening to the tug of God on your heart to put this out to the presbytery, to invite the rest of us to join you. Um, in, in, in even having this conversation, having the task force and moving us where we are today to the confession. So super grateful for your openness to God's leading in your life, which is leading the rest of us. Oh, thank, you. Yes. thank you. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you both for that. Thank you both for that. Let, let's pray friends. Okay. Oh God, it is with um, deep gratitude that we come together Um that we come together as the body of Christ, turning toward you, looking toward you for just greater healing in our world. Lord, we are so um, painfully aware of how much we need your help. We need your mercy. We need your forgiveness, especially in our churches, mm -hmm. especially in regards to race and who gets a voice and who has, whose voices have been um, ignored, overlooked, or um, just not heard. So Lord, we just pray for your continued wisdom and guidance that, um, that we as a presbytery would um, follow your leading, um, not just with this confession, but with, with the steps that you lead us to after this confession, that we would really um, advance leaders of color 
um, in all the circles that we are in, that we would look for the people that you are raising up to, to speak, at, to speak the word of God and to lead our churches, to help us be attentive to your spirit leading and guiding our way. It is with Easter gratitude for the, the hope, the promise of the resurrection that Lord, you're with us now and always. We're, we're so grateful that you are in this life with us and we are in this life with you. Thank you that you are alive. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, friends. And again, thank you everybody for joining today. And we look forward to many more conversations. Um, again, God bless you all. God bless you, Jen and Kyle both. And Lord be with you both. All, Lord be with all of you. <laughs> and also with you. Bye, friends. As we wrap up this time together, I would like to express our gratitude on behalf of the team and the people of the San Fernando Presbytery. My prayer is that it might have been helpful to you. I would like to also invite you to comment, give us some feedback, and perhaps even like this podcast or share it uh, with uh, people that you know so that we may be able to continue making it available to others. Thank you so much, and God bless you.